0: For LA Times Studios and The Real, I'm Mark Olson, and I'm joined here today by Jodie Foster. Thank you so much for being here. This is a real pleasure. My pleasure. And the new film that you're in, Hotel Artemis, one thing I like so much about the movie is that I'm having a hard time describing it (laughs) to people. Like, it always comes out as being like a sci-fi action thriller
1: crime drama. It's completely original. I mean, I think that's what I was drawn to initially. It is a kind of kick-ass sci-fi action film. It delivers in all those ways, but there's something really beautiful about how it's also has this sort of nostalgic Wong Kar Wai, beautiful old Hollywood of the 1930s, 1920s and 30s feeling to it with old music from the 1970s and these this cast of characters that are almost like uh, iconographs of, of a different time.
0: And then with Hotel Artemis, and you also recently directed an episode of Black Mirror, Mm -hmm. and then even going back to Elysium or further back in your career with Contact or even Freaky Friday, you seem to have always been sort of like coming in touch with science fiction stories. Do you feel like you have a particular affinity for sci-fi? Do you like it?
1: I guess what I love about sci-fi is that it makes you ask questions about where are we going, where are we headed, and that you can have a film that still works as a piece of entertainment that has those meaningful questions. In a case of contact, for example, you know those questions are as much science-based as they are spiritual. So, yeah, I'm always looking at sci-fi to say, like, where are we headed, where are we headed next? And in Hotel Artemis, there are quite a few issues that are pertinent to Los Angeles and pertinent to America in general that rear their head in the plot.
0: And tell me a little bit about that. What did you like about what some of those kind of bigger picture ideas in the story were?
1: Well, what Drew Pierce decided was, you know, in the future, because where we are with our health system is so messed up, that really only we're getting to a place where rich people can hire doctors, which they're already doing now. They can hire doctors and they can have special hospitals that they pay a membership fee to so that they can bypass regular health care. Also, there's a water crisis in Los Angeles during the course of the movie, and uh, riots have broken out because almost like the corporate utility that controls the water is making people pay for it, which means poor people can't afford to have water. There is a lot of police brutality in the movie, and our police characters, they almost look like robots. I mean, there are these armed police units not far from where we're headed. The medical advances. Technology has made it so that there are robotic arms that perform surgery. Everybody also just keeps getting given all these drugs. So everybody's got all these drugs in their system. I thought that's pretty much where we're headed, yeah.
0: I know a lot of the coverage of the movie so far has all mentioned the fact this is your first acting role in
1: five years and that it's sort of a return to acting for you. Does it feel that way to you? Ah, gosh, no. It didn't seem that long, to tell you the truth. I'm never going to stop acting. I've been acting since I was three years old, you know, 52 years in the film business. I can't imagine that I'll ever stop. But I knew that there was going to be a rebalance in terms of my focus. I really wanted to focus on directing. So now I think I probably will act 10 percent of the time and direct 90 percent of the time as opposed to the opposite, which is what I did in the past. This is just a great character. You know, she's a very full transformation for me as an actor. She's in her 70s, she's pudgy in all those places, Uh, she drinks too much, she's got gray hair and yellow teeth and uh, talks funny and walks funny. And there was something for me that, 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 that I just was looking for something that was a full transformation.
0: And do you find that the things that draw you to a role now are different from what would have drawn you to roles 10 years ago, 20 years ago?
1: It always changes what you're drawn to. Um, It depends on what you're going through in your own life, you know, what you're obsessed with, because that's really what movies are. They're these obsessions that you, you live with for months at a time where you ask yourself all these questions. Would she do this? Would she do that? And why are they doing this? And usually that's because those are things that you have to work out in your own life.
0: Does your filmmaking and your acting, do they kind of come from the same creative place or do they satisfy different things for you?
1: I think yes and no. You know, I'm not sure that I was really born to be an actor. It's not my personality. I, I'm not an extrovert. I'm not going to stand on a table and dance with a thing on my head you know, or do impressions. I've always been much more interested in story, in storytelling and in analysis and having the sense of emotional truth. So acting has been a way to get at that in a physical and emotional way, and directing has been a way to get at that in a more intellectual way. When you do both, you combine both, which is nice for me. And in
0: Hotel Artemis, you walk in this very specific way and at times <laughs> yeah. you even sort of run and it's this very kind of like fast run, almost like a like a waddle. Mm-hmm. And does that sort of physicality, is that something that's important to you? Is that fun for you as part of the process of acting to figure out something like that?
1: Yeah, it's fun. I think it's really fun to just develop a character that's different from you. And I have been asked for a long period of time to be the central character, for lack of a better word, the action character in the film. I haven't really had the opportunity to show that I can be more of a character actor. And so it was a lot of fun for me. Uh, None of that stuff, I hope, in The Nurse, which is the name of my character in the movie, she's not really a construct. I mean, she feels very grounded in reality. And even though she does kind of talk like Barbara Stanwyck in those old movies. You get a sense of the tragedy that she comes from, and it feels very grounded.
0: And now the director of Hotel Artemis, Drew Pierce, this is first film, and is it difficult for you to sort of shut off your filmmaker brain when you're acting? I'm just wondering, like, especially with where you are now, is it? are you ever tempted to be like, you know, if you put the camera there, it's going to cut better later? Like, is that hard for you to turn off?
1: I think you learn, working with first-time directors, that you learn what to say and what not to say. Look, we're there to serve... The director. That's really, I think that's the biggest job that you do. You're there to serve his vision, his or her vision. Drew has written a lot of big movies. So he is not a first timer as a, in the film business. He's just a first time director. So he, I would say he's probably the most well prepared first time director that I've ever worked with. And he came, you know, having a very sure hand about what he wanted to say and how he wanted to say it. Sometimes, yeah, there are little things that I can contribute that are helpful, but I'm I'm careful about what I say and what I don't say. I, I don't want to change his experience, and I want his instincts as a non-film person to be the most important voice in the room. And now you've
0: spoken about how, with the Black Mirror episode that you directed and also when you were directing Orange is the New Black, how much you kind of liked working with Netflix, how you yourself like sort of the streaming platforms and the way that's kind of become a part of people's lives. What for you is still, like, the, the distinction maybe between whatever that is and, like, a proper feature film like Hotel Artemis? Like, is there still a place for, like, movies?
1: Well, Hotel Artemis is a low-budget indie movie. You know, we're just a little guy. Even though it is going to open on quite a few screens and it's a very much a crossover film and it does live in the kind of mainstream millennial genre, we're just a little guy. There's a big difference between streaming cable and big franchise Hollywood films that are released by the five major studios. You know, now, increasingly, most of the fare that you're going to see on a good number of screens is going to be uh, franchise films. I think I'm a little more excited about story. So the best stories are on streaming and cable. And then I, I'd seen
0: in an, another interview that you did where you mentioned how you don't consider yourself a soundbite person. Like, you kind of like to have time to really talk about things. And it struck me how for you in particular, when you sit down for interviews like this one, people could ask you about such a wide range of topics. Like, you kind of never know what's yeah. going to come at you. Is that a challenge? Like, how, especially given you like to, like, really kind of, like, dig into things.
1: Well, I, you know, I like to talk. When I was a kid, my mom said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a talker. That's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to talk. So I don't mind that. And I like talking to interesting people. And I love hearing what they have to say and learning new things. And so the interview thing is good. Uh, At the same time, we live in a click culture. And sometimes celebrities' five-second comments just become... The thing that's talked about in terms of news stories and whatnot, and they just may not be the expert on that topic. So I'd rather not have my little sound bites be taken out of context when it's things like political events or uh, just opining on basic political issues. And
0: now, the actress Claire Danes, another interview, recently said how you told her (laughs) to ask for more money. That there was always kind of more money to be had. As much as, you know, gender pay parity is something that people have really been talking about recently, this would have been 20 years ago that you would have—may have said this to her. Yeah. When did you kind of become aware of that? When did you realize that that was something you could ask for?
1: I had heard that Claire had said that I said that. And I said, God, that's so funny. I just don't ever remember saying that. And now I realize what it was. We were in a situation where our our film got its plug pulled. And if you know what that means, it means that you're about a week from shooting. You've done all of the research. You've done all the prep. Poor Claire had played a trapeze artist. You know, she had to do all that work. And the film was pulled there was the question of, you know, what do we do about Claire? Basically, they were they were sort of saying, okay, well, bye-bye, see you later, too bad the movie didn't go. And what I said to her is, you need to go ask them for money. So, yeah, that's probably where that came out of. I'm not sure I was so prescient to tell people to have the strength of character to just bang on doors and randomly ask strangers for money. <laughs> But now, to hear that kind of conversation
0: sort of ramp up recently, as were some of the other conversations that are happening around the entertainment industry and that are reaching out into the broader culture, are those changes you ever thought would come? Like, is it exciting for you? with kind of where you are in your career right now, to see some of those changes finally sort of gaining momentum?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of discussion right now about women in in the film business, but also women just the corporate world and women in any industry and women in the workplace. And these were conversations that everybody was trying to have 20 years ago, and I'm glad that they've come to the fore. Uh, I mean, I consider myself a feminist, and so does everybody else that I know, man or woman. But that was a dirty word 20 years ago. It's interesting now that there's a new revitalization to that. And if you talk about it specifically in terms of the film business, you know, I used to make movies when there were no women. So it was just me and some lady playing my mom and maybe a makeup artist and her script supervisor. But that was it. There was no women whatsoever. And then little by little, some technicians came in very, very, uh, very—took such a long time gradually. Maybe there were producers or writers, and now there were studio executives. That should have made a change. Well, it didn't change anything for women directors, and there are virtually no women directors that were allowed in the club of making big films. Little by little, it started happening for independent directors and maybe for television and always for Europe. There was always European directors that were women, but that really has been the last place that women have been shut out of, which is the leader position, the creative leader position of being a feature director directing mainstream movies.
0: And now we're sort of in the thick right now of Emmy season, and mm-hmm. that will soon roll into Oscar season. In 2013, you gave a very personal and sort of pointed speech at the Golden Globes. And what to do with that platform? Like when you're sort of handed the mic at an award show, is you know, some people get mad when entertainers sort of speak out. Some people feel it's an obligation. What do you see as sort of the responsibility of that platform? What do you do with that when you're given that opportunity?
1: everybody's an individual and uh, we all have something to say differently at that moment in time Um, when you're talking about a lifetime achievement award. You know, what does that mean? What is a lifetime? And what is an achievement that happens over a lifetime? And my lifetime has been in the service of making films from the time that I was three years old. So I have never not been an actor. I don't remember not being an actor from the time that I was a toddler and I was out of diapers and just learning to walk. That's what I was doing. And it's been my sentimental education and some of that has been absolutely beautiful and amazing and has shaped me and changed me and I feel just so grateful and nostalgic for all these people that have contributed to my who brought me up, really these people who brought me up but I also, at 50-some years old 55 years old, I look back and say wow, that was painful (laughs) and it was hard and it was a hard way to grow up so it's a combination of both it's difficult and beautiful
0: Jodie Foster, thank you so much for being here today the movie is Hotel Artemis thank you And uh, for LA Times Studios and The Real, I'm Mark Wilson. Thanks for listening.